Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Action Fanatics, welcome to another edition of the Bulletproof Podcast. I am your host, Chris the Brain. Joining me, as always, my co-host, Chad Cruz. And Chad, this is the Pac-Man Fever edition of the Bulletproof Podcast. I'm not sure what that means, but thanks for having me. You're welcome. And back on the Bulletproof Podcast, as we will be discussing video game action, a gamer extraordinaire, Ryan Campbell. Welcome back. That's right. I'm in my realm. I'm the I'm the resident gamer. I worked at GameStop. I've got these Ooh. diamond hands holding holding on to my GameStop stonks, and uh, I'm ready to go. Hell yeah! All right. Well, yeah. We're glad you're here. Before you get rich and just leave us behind. Exactly. Uh, you guys are the first to go. I know. I know that's right. <laughs> Chad Cruz. Speaking of the first to go. Yes. The first thing we're going to talk about before we get into our video games is the hard work you've been putting in over. Uh, at Bulletproof Media, that, of course, being our YouTube channel. Yes. What do you got in store for us over there? What's going on? Give us an update. Maybe a sneak peek of what's to come. Something. Yeah. Let's talk more about the hard work I'm putting in here, Brain, um, instead of all the times I failed miserably. But, yeah, a uh, lot of lot of good stuff coming uh, our way, both you and, and my way. Um, working today for a little bit of time on a uh, little – Gridiron Gladiators compilation. Uh, if you remember, we did a podcast on that uh, some months ago, and the three of yeah, the three of us were all on it. So it's a good mm-hmm. one, you know that for sure. Uh, but uh, the editing process is slow and tedious, and it's driving me insane. Uh, but it's it's easily going to be the most involved video I've done to date. Oh, so all right. So I spent some time on it, and uh, I'm still working on the. Home Alone sequel one and, and a couple other ones in the shoot too. So uh, be on the lookout for it. So again, that is Bulletproof Media on YouTube. Of course, you can go to bulletproofaction.com and, and click on our YouTube link right at the top of the page and it'll take you right there. Smash the, what are the buttons? Smash those buttons. Smash that like button. And don't That's forget it. to hit that bell icon so you're notified every time we release a new video. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. And yeah, that happens to me. I hit that bell icon and I'm like, oh, Chad Cruz actually did something today because it immediately pop up on my uh, all my devices. Wait a second. Uh, and while you're clicking and subscribing and doing all that stuff, don't forget you can check Bulletproof Action out on Facebook and Instagram at Bulletproof Action and on Twitter at Bulletproof Pod. And that's another great place to find out 
uh, what the new videos are, what the new posts are on the site, and just kind of interact with us if you wish to do so. Uh, I don't know why you'd want you might. Uh, well, people do want to. And, oh and yeah, we, we're uh, super. We'd love, to hear, we'd love to hear the suggestions for you know. We've gotten a lot of great suggestions for movies to review uh, on on social media, so that's always good. That's right, because there are a lot of movies out there. And so Absolutely if you know of one that we've never done, please let us know. <laughs> we will eventually get to it. It's, you know, as long as it's readily available, we don't have to go to the, uh, the dark web for it or something. If Ryan keeps getting sick, then he will have nothing but time to watch these films. That's right. right. In RTG. Or yeah. Or if he just, yeah, if he just gets rich and he doesn't have to have a real job, he would there also, we go. that's the dream. He'd also be able to. All right. Well, there's a lot of other kind of movies out there and I'm talking about video game movies or movies based on video games. Uh, and I think they have a bad reputation overall. Um, and you know, we'll probably get into some of that as we discuss things, but kind of a little bit of the background, you know, video games certainly started becoming popular in the seventies, at least as arcades. Uh, but really I think took off was in 1979 when the Atari became available and people actually had these things in their home for the first time. Uh, you know, it started becoming part of everyday life to have video games and, and kids were playing with this just as much as they were other toys. And it, it became part of pop culture. And as things happen, you know, life imitates art, art imitates life. We started seeing computers and video game aspects in movies. And I think really one of the first ones was in July of 1982. Ryan Campbell, I know you like the, the reboot of this Tron. I do, yeah, and and it's one of those things where I probably messed myself up by seeing the re the the prequel reboot sequel whatever we're gonna call it um, first, and then going back and watching the original Tron and being like, oh, this isn't as cool with the effects. But um, I mean, yeah, one of those ones where if you can put yourself back in that time in 1982, uh, a lot of the effects you were seeing and and the kind of the the, the world creating and this whole new idea and this new world of computers and games, uh, it would have been pretty groundbreaking. Yeah. And then we move on the next year, we get to war games uh, and Chad Cruz. This one had a tremendous premise as Matthew Broderick breaks into a computer and nearly yeah. starts world war three. Yeah. Uh, whoops. Um, that's like the all time biggest whoopsie ever. Um, it, it was a funny movie because you know, the idea of doing this, seemed like so ridiculous, but at the same time, you kind of think to yourself, could this actually happen? And I, I think that it probably could. I bet, I bet there's someone out there with the ability to do that, especially someone with the knowledge on how to do it in 1983 when you don't have all the, the safety things in place. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a pretty cool movie. I, I remember seeing it as a kid and not really understanding it cause I didn't get computers, but yeah. Well, it was just one of those things where, and it was still so early, not only in gaming, but even like you said, computers as well. Most people in 83 didn't have a computer in their home yet. So, you know, it was this completely foreign concept to where watching on a movie, you may have been like, this is totally possible. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. We were so naive to it. It's like, oh, that's pretty dangerous. They, they should probably do something about that. And, uh, <laughs> and I guess I guess eventually they did. And, you know, that's why we have the the cybersecurity that we have in today's day and age. Uh, a big one though, 
came another year later, July 13th, 1984. It was released, The Last Starfighter. And this is really the one where it is a video game uh, at a trailer park. And uh, we have our our hero, Alex Rogan. He plays this game all the time because, you know, doesn't really have much else to do where he's living. Um, And he, he beats the high score. And we find out that this game is actually recruiting actual starfighters to go to a galaxy far, far away and help fight evil. And Ryan Campbell, I know this one is one of your favorites. Definitely. I, and I, we've talked about it before, I think on another podcast of, of how in the world this hasn't been remade. I mean, it just, it's a timeless concept in the world of, you know, in the way we do movies now of, of, especially with, you know, gamers were huge then in the arcade, but nowadays where you sit in your house with a VR headset and these guys stream for, you know, 12 hours straight playing a game and just immerse themselves in these worlds. Like it just seems ripe to, to remake this movie. And I, and I think, you know, we looked into, it's been kind of pitched and shot down and started and stopped a few times, but yeah, just the idea. Yeah. Like of, of everybody has that one thing that they're like really good at and it's somewhat kind of meaningless and we'll probably never actually, you know, like, I'm okay at my job, but it's not what I was putting this earth to do. I was putting this earth to do stuff that'll probably never make me money or make me famous. So, um, you know, we all have that thing. And the idea that this guy that is kind of a nerd and spends all his time playing this game is now like going to save the world. Um, you know, we all, we all can relate to that at some point, even if it's not because we play a bunch of video games. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's a, got a great cast. Dan O'Hurley, who of course is the old man in RoboCop, you know, in full lizard suit, uh, you wouldn't even know it was him, but what a great performance, what a great sidekick and kind of mentor he plays in that film as well. And that was just, I mean, I remember seeing that one on Christmas day. Uh, I think it was probably on cable or somebody rented it that Christmas and uh, was just blown away by it. And yeah, it, it's definitely a movie that they've talked about bringing back, but I believe the original creator of it still owns the rights to it. So he's been very protective of it. And it's not one of those things that just kind of got sucked up by a studio where they would just whore it out willy nilly. Yeah. It's funny because the current crop of gamers might see this film, this, this 84 film and and see the arcade game and be like, what is that? Because they're not as popular (laughs) as they once were. Right. I don't know. Those, uh, what is it? Those arcade one are up machines now that are kind of really popular. There's some, there's some of those. There's a turtle in time one. There's a star Wars arcade one. I'd like to have. Those are pretty cool. Oh yeah. I'd be all about the turtles in time for sure. Uh, later that same year, 1984, one of my favorites cloak and dagger. Uh, this one starred Henry Thomas fresh off his ET blockbuster uh, appearance. He plays Davy Osborne and he's a young man with a very vivid imagination. And his hero is the spy character, Jack Flack. Uh, Dabney Coleman has a kind of a dual role in this one. He plays Davy's actual father and Jack Flack. So the big thing here though, was that cloak and dagger is an Atari game, uh, Atari 5,200. So this is the first time where like, okay, this system that is in your home is now on the big screen, you know, I, I, I don't know if it, I think it kind of legitimized the whole video game thing. Um, and actually Atari was planning on making a cloak and dagger game, but then the whole video game bust of 1983 and Ryan Campbell, a New Mexico landfill 
just got dumped with 14 truckloads of Atari games. Yeah, and oddly enough, an ET video game, which is like a, a cult uh, fathom or you know cult following in video game history uh, yeah. of the the ET game buried in that landfill in New Mexico. So Atari's out of the picture, Chad Cruz. Yep. But there's a new video game in town, new video game system. Nintendo, the new big dog, shows up. Nintendo shows up and we get in December of 1989, basically an infomercial for Nintendo. It is the wizard. Uh, I've never seen this film. Have either of you gentlemen? I've, I have seen it. It's been many years and I, I do have memories of Fred Savage and I believe it was his younger brother uh, who was really good at the game. And they, if it's an infomercial for Nintendo, it's also an infomercial for, for running away from home because they like, they hitchhike across the country and they meet the, meet the little friend. And uh, the whole point is to get the boy to some sort of gaming tournament, I believe. Yeah. Uh, I do remember again, watching it as a, as a kid and, and kind of forgetting about it, you know, never to completely remember it, but again, ahead of its time, the idea of gaming competitions and now with esports, you know, being this huge money-making thing and these arenas being built specifically for esports. Um, you know, again, Nintendo knew what they were on to. I always mixed this film up with uh, Little Monsters because Fred well, Savage. Also with Fred Savage, yeah. He's also in it, and he has a little brother. And at the end of the movie, they're they're kind of on the run, I guess, kind of deal. But uh, yeah, I always kind of mix the two movies up. Well, as we said, Nintendo is now a thing, uh, and it's huge. And the two or the biggest character. In, in Nintendo history would be Super Mario. And Should we all do our best Mario impersonation? Well, you can go first, Ryan. <laughs> I don't know. It's me, Mario. There you go. That's all right. Because at first I thought the Pillsbury Doughboy <laughs> popped in on us. No, that's hoo-hoo. That's a little different. different. I thought he sat on his balls. <laughs> that, 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 that would, that would make that sound as well. That would be brain. Uh, thank you. Um, I've never seen Super Mario Brothers. I've never seen it. What? Really? really? I, no. So I'm I'm relying on you guys. All I know is it obviously is does not have a very good reputation. So here's the thing. And again, it's it's 93. Um I'm a I'm a young Ryan Campbell and I'm not old enough to have this kind of slavish devotion. I mean, I I had a Nintendo. I play I was aware of who Mario was. I knew what Mario was. I I played Mario but I wasn't old enough to be so devoted to it that seeing that on screen just, you know, made me want to throw up. So I thought it was kind of cool uh, for whatever, you know, even watching it now, it's completely goofy and ridiculous, but like, you know, whatever I was into it as a kid, but at the same time, I can totally see where someone uh, in their teens, older age that was into Mario, it, it would just be the, the biggest affront, uh, ever and and there's some really interesting youtube documentaries that are uh decently long but kind of an entertaining watch um of just the production and and what it was supposed to be and how it turned into this weird dark kind of uh steampunk daft punk uh weird thing with dustin hoffman as uh bowser king koopa it's just uh it's it's more almost more interesting to, uh, to hear the story behind it and watch the kind of, you know, it's undoing than to watch the movie now. But I was into it as a kid. 
Well, and I think that's a good point is, you know, video game movies have kind of a bad reputation, but for this one here, you know, the, the Hollywood executives had to be like, this is for kids. We are making a yeah. movie for kids at this point. Video games aren't what they are today where you have, you know, people of all ages playing and really getting into it. I mean, and, and plus the thing for me is how do, how do you even make a movie out of that game? Right. I mean, it, it, this it's guy's jumping weird. around down tubes on clouds, hitting turf. I mean, you had, I mean, it was so wide open that it was like almost you were asking for trouble. Right. The answer is you can't make a, a good movie, especially in 93, because uh, like you said, the, the people who knew about the game were, were, were kids, were young people. It's not like now where uh, mostly adults are playing these games. Um, it's it's like the, the, it was a niche market because only only kids are playing Super Mario Brothers for the most part. So when you make a film and you put Dennis Hopper in it, who just, I don't know, he just done Blue Velvet like two years earlier. Like it's hard to go from Blue Velvet to being a, a villain in a, in a kid's movie. Um, and I had known Bob Hoskins from a couple, he did like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, right. and he was in Hook. So I, I remember seeing the movie. I don't know if I saw it when it came out or, or shortly after. And I enjoyed it for kind of the spectacle that it was because there weren't movies about video games that I had played. So it was kind of like a one of a kind kind of deal. So I remember enjoying it and, and I, I haven't seen it in probably 20 years, but uh, I would probably like it just as much now as I did back then. Yeah. It, it uh, had a lot of production issues from what I've read, $48 million budget and it only grossed 21 million. So not good. Not Which good at a, all. That's a lot of money to put behind a, a movie in 1993. <laughs> and the question I've always had, because there was a Nintendo property that to me was tailor made for a movie that had somewhat of more of a story. And that would be the legend of Zelda. Yeah. And, but did the, the failure here, this huge failure, it wasn't even like a minor, this was a huge failure. Did that kill any chance of Zelda ever being made? Yeah. It's hard to say it. it I think we tend to think of things in the, the movie landscape of how it is now, where you've got the, these few studios that buy the rights to an entire library of things, you know, like Marvel or, or DC, where if you're going to make the Mario brother movie, then you're also going to make every other Nintendo property that's out there. Um, so it, it wouldn't have been that way. Then it's possible another studio, you know, could have thought they had a better shot or just looked at the trouble that happened with Mario and been like, you know, right. that won't happen to us. But it's entirely possible, too, that after that, people, because, again, the market for uh, IP, I mean, like, we're, we're talking about video game themed movies, but one that's directly, like, a story taken from an IP, you know, that the, the video games aren't a part of the movie's plot. It's literally just a story based on a video game. That hadn't really been done yet, and it didn't work. So, I mean, it's possible that at that time, people just thought, like, well, this is, no one wants to see these. We're not going to do anymore. You get that secondary problem with Zelda that it's it's kind of like that sword and sandals kind of epic fantasy. Yeah. And those had kind of come and gone at that point, 93. Yeah. So if you say, hey, it's a video game movie, like, oh, that just failed miserably with Super Mario Bros. Uh, oh, it's a sword and, sword and sorcery or sword and sandals film. Ooh, those are kind of on the outs. Like, we don't really want to do one of those either. So, And I don't think Zelda was quite as... I mean, obviously Zelda is one of the most popular video game franchises, especially now, but I think back then it kind of had this like Dungeons and Dragons, like, you know, people in their basement. It didn't have the broad appeal that Mario did in the, in the right. same way. 
so that may have been part of it too that they just didn't think it would it would sell to a larger audience yeah but yeah I, and i get all those points but i also think you know if mario had done 200 million dollars <laughs> yeah somebody somebody would have went like what Probably else can correct we do? yes What's what next? else can we do jack nicholson as duck Blake. hunt let's do it you know whatever <laughs> yes. so they'd be on top of it all right so here comes a here comes another favorite of mine and this one was partially shot in my hometown of cleveland ohio double dragon uh released on november 4 1994 uh and this one you know this game uh, definitely i remember playing double dragon um you know and it was kind of kind of a revolutionary game i think at its at the time where you just you know this it was this whole side scroller gimmick and you were just going through this town beating up thugs and having a good old time doing so uh and it's two brothers they have half of an ancient chinese talisman um and in the movie the other half is in uh, possession of the evil robert patrick Mm. who has an amazing head of hair in this film he does and uh so the brothers Mark DeCoscos, who one of the Bulletproof Action favorites right there, and uh, Scott Wolf. So it's Jimmy Lee and Billy Lee. And this one is definitely one that I have a, a, a soft spot for in my heart, Jay Cruz. How about you? Yeah, I, I totally understand why. And you said Robert Patrick has great hair. There's a lot of great hair in this movie. Uh, he, he has awesome hair. Alyssa Milano has has uh, debatably great hair. Uh, Mark DeCoscos has like a sweet mushroom parted in the middle bowl cut. Um, so there's a lot of good hair going around in it and it's one of those movies that's just fun to watch. It's one that you could probably watch with your young kids. Uh, there's, there's cool martial arts in it. Like the whole medallion thing is like, is kind of neat. I don't think it like, it's that, like it follows that well to the, if you want to say quote unquote story of the game, but other than the color scheme and then there are brothers fighting thugs, but it's fun and it's enjoyable. And if you're a Mark DeCascos fan, it's you have to kind of put it up there as like the film that put him on the map. I think that's what, and I was going to get to that point, a great point that, uh, that you made Chad, that the best video game movies kind of are able to capture the essence and the feel and kind of the nostalgia uh, of a video game without completely doing the plot. Cause I think that's where a lot of them fail and why they don't yeah. work out is because a video game, when you're playing a video game, it's such a kind of a personal experience. You're controlling the character. You're making decisions. Some games, like one of my favorite games is Mass Effect. There's literally scenes that are in the game you may never see because as you make decisions and go through the game, it's different. You know, I have 12 different playthroughs and they're all different. Different people die, different people live. So it's really hard to, to take a story or a plot that you have a personal stake in that you've been a part of and then you sit there completely detached from it and watch it on a screen. And so, so people that have that kind of attachment to a game, it's hard to do that. Now, then if you can just take like the essence and kind of get the feel of what the game is and put that into a movie with characters that the fans recognize, I think that's where you succeed. And I think that's what double dragon did. Cause it was, it was early on in one of those first games where you actually were able to play with the person next to you on the yeah. arcade and go, you know, you're both, you know, you're, obviously there was fighting games like we're going to get to where you fight each other, but that you you're side scrolling, you're you're helping each other out, you know, you're getting that that feeling, that kind of bond of playing with someone else, and then the movie then takes that one step further, and and I think that's kind of it, it plays off of of what the game's going for. So 
I think that's how you make a successful video game movie. And some of the ones that have been successful, you know, maybe not critically, but, but, you know, fans of light or have become cult classics are, are more about the essence than necessarily like copying the plot of the video game. Well, and how, how deep was the plot of double dragon? The game? Right. Well, oh, yeah, not, not, yeah. Yeah. You were just going down a street and guys would pop out and you'd beat them. And then eventually you'd get some kind of boss and you'd beat him and you'd keep moving on. Like, yeah. Oh, did you see that guy? He had a chain just like the game. <laughs> right. But like yeah, what yeah. I think of modern now is like detective Pikachu where like they didn't try to like, Hey, let's do the whole first season of Pokemon or something and make a movie about it. It's really just like set in that world. And they're going to put as many of them in there as you, as people are going to recognize and then just kind of build a story around it. And, you know, people kind of liked it. So, all right. Well, let's move on to you. You uh, kind of gave a little tease of it, Ryan Campbell. The fighting games. So we call uh, it segue. These become very popular, at, you know, here in the mid '90s. And December twenty third, nineteen ninety four, Street Fighter is released. Uh, with you know, and I was at the theater to see it. I probably normally wouldn't be, but when you put Jean Claude Van Damme as the star, I'm gonna be there. And uh, Van Damme played Colonel Guile. Uh, Raul Julia was actually his last film. And I believe he, the reason he did it, Chad, was because his kids were, were big Street Fighter fans. Because he was yeah. already, I think, somewhat ill uh, right. at the time. Uh, so he plays General Bison. We also get uh, Damien Chapa in there as Ken. Uh, Byron Mann as Ryu. Um, and uh, then some of the lovely ladies of Street Fighter. Indeed, Chad, I'm throwing it to you for this. I appreciate that. I'll I'll, I'll take it from here. Um, yeah, Street Fighter. Who wasn't excited for this as a kid in '94? Um, if you had ever played the game, you, you you saw these crazy characters on screen with their flags and their different types of martial arts, and you're like, "What the hell is going on?" And then uh, as the Street Fighter games came out, each one seemed to feature a new uh, scantily clad lady, mm-hmm. uh, and and this film was was uh, was nice enough to put multiple ones in there. So we got Ming-Na Wen as Chun-Li, who is in most of the film and, and, and becomes a big character um, for good reason. And then Kylie Minogue, uh, singer, plays Cammy, who appears a, a few times, n- not enough to really have a, a massive role, but enough to, uh, you know, spend a lot of time in, in a, many a young boy's dream. I would say she had a massive role in uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme's trailer, from what I understand, but she... And that's the word on the street. Yes. <laughs> so he was very happy uh, filming this film. She might've broken up his first marriage. <laughs> I believe she was the cause. Oh uh, boy. Fortunately, the Van Damme did get back with his, his wife years later, but uh, yeah. Uh, you know, in this one, again, how do you make a movie about this? It's just people fighting. I mean, if you want to see yeah. that, watch Bloodsport. Right. So they kind of go in a whole different direction. And this becomes, you know, unofficially, Ryan Campbell, like the first live action G.I. Joe movie. Yeah, it was definitely an interesting take on it. Um, And again, uh, it's it's kind of like like we were saying, there's not really a plot to Street Fighter, at least not a deep enough one to to frame a whole movie around. So what you do is you take a bunch of characters you put them in costumes, people recognize, then you kind of build this good versus evil thing and, and and when you say that out loud it kind of just starts to sound like like gi joe so in a way it kind of was the precursor to a, a live action gi joe film well and even the toys i remember yeah. the street fighter toys were just basically right. re, rehashed gi like let's put the paint them up different and we'll call these guys street fighters and they were 
exactly the same as the, yeah, the GI Joe. It made a lot of sense. Uh, so I mean, and, and Street Fighter became became a franchise of sorts because you had animated movie that followed, um, and you had some you had a series. Uh, but really, this when I was doing the research for this, and I maybe I'm just ignorant, which is, is yeah. very possible and probably the case. But that there was this 2009 movie, Street Fighter: The Legend of Chun Li. I mean, I had no idea this was a thing. It's a uh, Kristen Krug, right from Smallville. Yeah, from I saw Smallville, right. I've never seen it, but I remember it coming out. I had no idea this existed. Ryan Campbell, have you seen this one? I have not, but I'm aware of it, and it's pretty uh, universally panned, so that's probably why I never made a big effort to go check it out. But I'm aware of its existence. And that's why he has not seen it. (laughs) Right. Yeah, see, that's the type of thing. That'd be the type of thing if I was at Big Lots or, or the Dollar Tree. And so this, I'd be like, oh my God, what is this? And I'd probably you, take it You home. wouldn't even know because it, they literally have none of the Street Fighter branding. Like if you look at it, it's just a box with her on it. And she's just in like a leather jacket and like pants. And it says like Street Fighter Legend of Chun-Li, but it's in this weird, just like speed font that looks nothing like Street Fighter. So like it just, you know, on, on the surface, they didn't do anything yeah, I, to make it to tie it anything into the franchise. So it, when I saw it, when I saw the, uh, you know, obviously with the Chun Li is the only thing that was like, okay, no, this has to be the you know, Street Fighter, the video game. I just thought it could have been a, some generic movie called, you know, Street Fighter. Um, so yeah, we we uh, there was also a TV miniseries and. We had a series in 2016 and playing the character of Charlie Nash, Elaine Moosey. Moose! Mm. He actually just uh, tweeted out uh, or put it on his YouTube channel some footage of him from that. And it, it looked not great, but, you know, I'm a <laughs> big fan. Who's Charlie Nash? Who is? I don't he, recognize that character. Yeah, he seemed to come in one of these other, maybe in one of the animated movies or the... Okay. Like I saw that, you know, because this is like his return. Like he died, or in in some, which is probably where the resurrection uh, subtitle comes in. But yeah, that one's interesting. That's one I, I'll I'll may dig in a little yeah. deeper. In Assassin's because... Fist is pretty cool. I would seek that one out if you're a Street Fighter fan. Uh, I don't remember the guy who directed that, but you know, he he piled some money together through I don't know if it was crowdfunding or what it was, but he had made like a short a short film. It. It got a lot of eye, eyeballs on it and people uh, threw some money their way. And then he made a full length feature film and it's got Akuma in it. It's got all kinds of cool fight scenes in it. Yeah. Uh, and that dude, story is kind of interesting where it's kind of one of those things where he did it on his own. Yes. With just some money and a camera without it, without Capcom's permission. And it's kind of one of those things where, you, where you're like, well, I'm waiting for this to get shut down. And people liked it so much that they, they kind it. of gave him a little bit of cash to go do something with it. <laughs> is that is that similar to how? Uh, well, I'll save that for the next one. Okay, never mind. <laughs> move on. Okay, yeah, we will move on because Street Fighter certainly was not the only fighting game. Probably the fighting game that you think of would be Mortal Kombat, and that movie came out on August the eighteenth, nineteen ninety five, and that first Mortal Kombat they came ready. They came ready. They had Christopher Lambert in there, Robin Shu, Lyndon Ashby, uh, Kerry Hurioki Tagawa, who I think we talk about seemingly every other uh, podcast. <laughs> checkers. He's our new Dolph Lundgren. He is in every episode of our podcast. That's true. We just talked about him in Perfect Weapon. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. not even every other. He's great. Uh, he can play anything Asian. 
and they'll <laughs> likely put him in every film until he dies, uh, as long as there's a part, an Asian part for him. But uh, I mean, yeah, eventually James Hong is going to pass away, <laughs> and then Kerry Hiroyuki Tagawa could be the old Asian these, guy. These guys just never die, do they? It's great. Oh. I'm glad. I, I love it. But yeah, this film came out and it was just exploded everybody's minds. Anybody who grew up uh, with with these video games playing on their Sega Genesis. Uh, I remember as a kid smashing my controllers. I, my, I had a, a, a tiny little TV in my room and uh, the wall next to it had dents all over it from where me and my friends would play. And then you'd get mad and you'd smash the wall with the controller. <laughs> <laughs> so there's dents all over it. And I had like, you know, I'd gone through so many controllers. So, you, you know, you're out there mowing lawns and, and raking leaves to make money to buy new controllers because you keep breaking them. Um, but <laughs> anywho... Christopher Lambert, Robin Shu, like you said, great actors. Uh, Bridget Wilson Sampras, Pete Sampras's wife, uh, sexy as can be as Sonya Blade. I mean, it. the movie was, uh, it was like they took the video game and actually used it to cast people, which was uh, remarkable. Having already seen D- Double Dragon, I was kind of surprised that they would do that, but it was great. Yeah, definitely. Um game changer and and it kind of holds up now i mean if you were a fan of it then then watching it now you just wish it all away and you're like it's fine i don't bother it doesn't bother me how (laughs) bad scorpion's chain thing looks but um but yeah i'm everything from the the get over here to the characters and of course the music um you know for us in 95 that it was a game changer Uh, that song i mean that song kind of put this movie at a different level this is going to sound like a, a huge nerd. And I don't know if anybody else out there did these kind of things, but around that time, you know, we, we were in elementary school. Uh, we didn't have dances obviously yet, but we had skating parties where we would have mm-hmm. like at the skating oh, yeah. place where we'd all roller, roller skate and everything. And for whatever reason, I always remember like when the mortal Kombat song came on, like it got lit. Like we'd be off to the side, like <laughs> eating nachos and that you'd hear like mortal Kombat, And we'd all be like, Oh, we'd all just rush to the, to the, to the floor to skate in circles to the music. So that's one of my fondest memories. Whenever I think of that mortal Kombat movie, that's incredible. My song, that exact, I dude, I could have said that same story word for word. Uh, but my song was uh, danger zone. I would, oh, yeah, yeah. whatever I was doing, I could have been doing CPR on someone. I would drop it <laughs> and went out there and we I got to skate to my, this <laughs> skating my guts out on that rink. Danger zone from the inferior fighter pilot movie of 1986. Wrong. That's right. That's right. Speaking of inferior, the sequel uh, to mortal Kombat was left a lot to be desired. Uh, mortal Kombat yeah. annihilation came out in 97. Uh, very few of the original cast returned only two. Uh, by my count, um, not a good film. No, um, but then we also got uh, Mortal Kombat Legacy, the TV series, and one of our all-time favorites played Johnny Cage in that one. Chad Cruz, yes, indeed, Casper Van Dien, uh, pretty awesome dude. It's very surprising to see him as Johnny Cage in that, and maybe he didn't fit well. But uh, the series was really cool. That was another one that came about as uh, someone made like a I don't know five seven minute. Uh, short film and everyone went ape shit over it and loved it. So next thing you know, I don't know, six months later, they're coming out with a TV series about it. And this one, right. One of the first times I remember a sequel to a movie taking place literally right after the first one. 
Like yes, the first movie yeah. ends with like a cliffhanger, and then the sequel picks up immediately right away, and then kills off Johnny Cage in like the first second. But um, what the funniest part is, it's two years, ninety five to ninety seven, and and like I said, we were all about that movie in ninety five. We were we were hype, and even in ninety seven, we were like, oh, this is trash. So what <laughs> yeah. happened in two years for us to to yeah. lose all of all that equity they built up to even recognize that that annihilation was trash. They, it hit the first one hit at the right time, and then the the fad was starting to fade there, and and we lost they lost it. Um, but here's one they're trying to bring it back though, Ryan Campbell. Uh, and it's supposed to be later this year, actually not too far from here, April as of right now. Of course, in this world, that could change instantly. But well, they actually and to to confirm, it's going to be part of all the Warner Brothers movies. So if you watch the Warner Brothers kind of sizzle reel of all the movies that are going to be simultaneously releasing on HBO Max, there's like a two second clip of Sub Zero in it, um, and they confirmed that it sure it's going to be coming out this year and it's going to be same day on HBO Max. And some uh, martial arts uh, legends in that one, Chad Cruz. Yeah, Hiroyuki Sonata, who is is absolutely one of the legends of uh, of of martial arts cinema ninja films all that's all that stuff he he as he should be has a role in the film and joe taslam is also in it so Um, and some of the pictures that you said that some of the sub-zero footage has come out and people are just salivating over it so um i know we're waiting for a trailer a full trailer to come out but uh i'd say that there's there's enough interest in in the series the video games have still been coming out on a pretty you know, every couple of years and they're still popular. Um, I, I did rec- recognize that you, you did miss a couple of things, brain. I'm going to go ahead and fill you in on those right now. Okay. Uh, Mortal Kombat conquest. Did you forget about that one? I sure did. You son of a bitch. So that was a TV series uh, following Kung Lao. Um, that was awesome. I think it did one season and it had a ton of wrestlers in it. Uh, so go back. I think TNT might have produced that one. Um, mm, that, well, that could explain why I don't know about it. <laughs> it was like the WMAC Masters right. slash Mortal Kombat TV series because it had all the guys from WMAC Masters, uh, all the stuntmen and stuff, had some great fight scenes. Um, and I believe there was an animated show that came out shortly after the first film, if I remember correctly, because I remember watching it and – and uh, there was like a, a, a short scene or a, a segment in there about Sub-Zero and Scorpion. And I was like just glued to the screen because I wanted to know more about them. So there you have it. All right. Moving on with our discussion here. Let's talk about Lara Croft, Tomb Raider, June 15th, 2001. Uh, this one you know, made sense in, in, a, in a way because obviously this is kind of that Raiders of the Lost Ark type vibe of a movie and those did quite well and and at this point you know the mummy series had come out and done quite well uh, plus it had angelina jolie in short shorts which yeah it's hard, it's hard to go wrong there well. yeah i i don't know if they they cast her only like based on the uh on what they saw in the short shorts but they did a good job i think that she was uh i don't know on she was hadn't peaked yet as far as like her popularity which is good for a film like this because if she had peaked, she probably wouldn't have taken this movie. Right. Uh, but, but she was at the level where she was still willing to do this kind of film and her daddy, John Voight was in it as well. 
And I believe the first film had uh, Mr. 007, James Bond, Daniel Craig. Yeah. I was, was, little, cool I, I was surprised to see that. I, I for, you know, I'd forgotten about that. And I was like, oh, yeah, Daniel Craig before he was Bond. Definitely. Yeah. And I, I think I remember the movie not being great. And like you said, it was not as good as all of its kind of contemporaries around that time. Um, but it had Angelina Jolie in short shorts. So yeah, and it was great enough that they made a sequel. Uh, yeah. So we we got uh, Lara Croft Tomb Raider: The Cradle of Life in two thousand three. Um, that one had Gerard Bar- Gerard Butler in it with her. You know, this is one they've revisited recently. Uh, a couple years ago, twenty eighteen, they did a reboot, and that's another one that uh, a sequel to that movie has been announced. So they're going back to that Tomb Raider. They ain't dug yeah. up all the gold out of that tomb raider yet (laughs) yeah i think they're burying it to be honest a lot of that due to a movie we're going to talk about here in a little bit um was the uncharted franchise it kind of revitalized the adventure kind of like you said indiana jones treasure hunter uh those games were just fantastic so square kind of thought like hey we're going to kind of reboot laura croft and and those games were the rebooted games were good too and then they kind of took that whole aesthetic of a little bit more you know, she's in pants, uh, a little more, or like a, like a survival grittier movie. Um, and I, I thought the movie was good. Yeah. It wasn't uh life changing, but I like adventure flicks. I like uh treasure hunting flicks. And it was, uh, it was good enough. I think the problem there is you're, you're already losing. I'm going to just make a round number 5% of your viewing audience, the perverts who are going there strictly to watch her in short shorts. You're going to put her in pants, cover her in mud. There goes 5% of perverts. Well, they kind of like the mud part. I mean, like they might be into that. Well, that's the the scat porn people. They like that. That's like half a percent. <laughs> I need to see these these facts and figures broken. Down. I got analytics out the out the wazoo. Man. Did you I just say analytics? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those. I'll email them to you. Yeah, I, I don't trust any of Chad Cruz's numbers. I've I've heard some of his recent. Never mind. Okay, so anyway, kind of capitalizing on this, let's put a hot chick. As our hero in our video game movie, we get Resident Evil on March the fifteenth, two thousand two, uh, and we, we get a, we eventually get a lot of Resident Evil movies. But uh, Chad Cruz, I, this is one of your favorites, I believe. Uh, is it? Sure, isn't it? <laughs> sure, oh, it is. <laughs> I've certainly seen at least two of them, uh, maybe three. To be honest with you, I can't remember how many of them I've seen. Uh, they all kind of went together at some point. I don't know if that was the, the, the point of them that she's just in this uh, never ending killing zombies in oh. monsters mode. I remember the uh, one where they're like in Vegas and it's like covered in sand and that one actually being like decently good. And I, I remember like kind of liking that one. And, and I, I feel, cannot tell you which one that is. Yeah. And I feel like uh, Paul W.S. Anderson had directed him. Who's her husband. Right. And I think the initial, I think the, the very first film is very different from uh, the films that came later. And, and the fact that the ones that came later are ridiculous and there's like insane action and stunts and uh, not stunts in the Jackie Chan sense of the word, but stunts is in like CGI craziness. Um, but Mila Jovovich, uh, I think she's great in the role. She doesn't, she's not asked to do too much. And the first film kind of leans much more heavily into that horror uh kind of find a way out of this facility without being eaten instead of just like pulling out twin uzis and mowing down tons of zombies kind of situation and and that's why i assumed it was one of your favorites because i know you're a big zombie fan i do i do enjoy them um and 
but you know, I don't know. These these never resonated with me as much as slow zombies marching towards uh, you know a, a limb to chew on it. That's kind of my thing. Well, do you think they're not slow because they were scientists, so they're like we're a little bit more intelligent than the average person? Uh, it could when have they to... were alive, so would they be a little bit smarter than a dumb regular eh, zombie? I think it, they bring them down it, to like regular people level. Maybe it has more to do with the the length of time. Uh, since death, the longer you're dead, maybe you're slower, or maybe it's because it's a, it's a virus and it hasn't actually killed the entire system. And it's just like caused things to die slowly. I don't know. We'll have to ask, uh, Paul Anderson. Okay. We'll get him on the horn and, and we'll find out. But, uh, yeah, so five sequels released between 2004 and 2016. So that's, that's a lot. That's a lot of resident evil. Luckily, Mila Jovovich was making movies when she was nine years old. <laughs> and uh, they're actually going to reboot this one too later this year, or at least it's expected again. I, Ryan Campbell might have the official dates on that, but uh, I do not on that one. I do know about Monster Hunter coming up, right? And well, that was just yeah, last late last year. Uh, so yeah, she's back in the video game world with Monster Hunter. That's right. It did come out. I knew it was like right when COVID <gasps> hit and then getting delayed and things like that. But uh, that. I saw her reunite with her husband. Uh, he directed that one as well. Looks like the same movie. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> big sword. Now they just have big swords and Tony Jaa. And big monsters. Tony Jaa does change up the whole dynamic for sure. I actually do want to see that one. So that, you know, mark that down on my list to, to watch in three or four years. <laughs> I think we might be getting that. We may, uh, I don't know. RTG was working on something with Monster Hunter. Okay, good deal. We might get some... Uh, complimentary copies of said film excellent all right uh ryan campbell this is one i know you wanted on the list and we talked about the the first one it was actually the very first movie we discussed tron uh but tron legacy came out on december 17th 2010 uh jeff bridges bruce boxleitner were back uh but this time it told the story of jeff bridges son uh sam flynn um, and he had to go in into this digital computer world to rescue his father. Yeah, I think it just it does a good job of of explaining the jump in time between the first and this movie, and the idea that Jeff Bridges has been trapped in this world for so long, and but while he's been in there, he's essentially a god. So I mean, how bad is that really? Um, but yeah, some some awesome world building uh, really takes kind of the idea of the first movie and then just blows it up. Um, Ended on a really like interesting cliffhanger. Um, and there's been a lot of, again, starts and stops for another movie. Um, there was a uh, kind of, I want to say cartoon animated series that was actually really liked by fans um, that, that was eventually canceled, but that had a big following. So like there's a, there's a big upswelling of support to keep the franchise going and, Disney's got this streaming service that they could either make a movie and put it on, or I don't, I don't entirely know why they're sitting on it. They're putting a ride in uh, Disney World. They already have one, like in Shanghai, and they're they're building the Tron ride where you're riding the the, the light uh, cycles in Orlando. So, you know, they're they're aware of it and they're they're working on this franchise. So, I, what they're gonna do with it, I don't know. But um, I really enjoyed that movie and. and Again, the the soundtrack, the music is a big part of it. The visual aesthetics of it is, is a, another big part of it. But um, there's still a lot of stuff that they can do there. So I hope they kind of keep it going. All right. Well, one last movie, and this one hasn't come out yet. Uh, Uncharted 
February yeah. 11th, 2022. I know you're all about this one, Ryan Campbell. And another one that has been uh, in development hell for years and numerous directors um, at one time, um, you know, everyone, Robert De Niro was attached to it. Uh, they've had so many different directors. It, it's just been sitting out there. Now that they've actually announced Tom Holland is playing Nathan Drake and Tom Holland is kind of like at the, the feet of his powers. Um, Mark Wahlberg in there as well. Plays uh, his favorite. Yes. Playing uh Sonny, who's kind of, um, you know, Nathan's uh, mentor that kind of takes after him. But um, which I guess they're going to be doing like in early days. Cause obviously Tom Holland is, it looks very young compared to what Nathan looks old. like. Right. In the movies. And Mark Wahlberg is obviously uh, quite a bit younger than Sully in the video games. So I'm assuming that we're going to do like much younger than kind of what that first game shows. But yeah, I'm really excited about it. Um, and I, I just hope it gets made at this point. But also in a coming attraction, uh, some news today came out. And the reason I mentioned it with Uncharted is because it's another Naughty Dog franchise in video games. The Last of Us, which is a fantastic game. Chad, have you ever played Last of Us? I have not. I, I've heard of it. I've seen kind of videos of it in the past, but I've never played it. You should definitely play it. You would, you would enjoy it. it the zombie kind of um, survival horror kind of feel to it. But um, Bella Ramsey, who Game of Thrones fans will recognize as Leanna Mormont, who a uh, fan favorite, spunky uh, little girl that meets an untimely end uh, before she stabs a giant in the eye. Um, Bella Ramsey is actually playing Ellie, uh, confirmed for the HBO series. So, of course, The Last of Us became super popular. Initially, everybody kind of immediately thought there's going to be a movie. I I kind of like the idea of it being a TV series because they can real the story is so slow and plotting even in the in the video game. Um, I think it lends itself better to a series. And the fact that it's going to be on HBO, which means we're going to get you know the the grit, the language, the everything that comes with the HBO series. Um, I'm super psyched for that. So hopefully we get that. That was just today. So timely and perfect that they announced that casting today as we're recording this podcast, they have not announced yet who Joel's going to be, but there's a bunch of people that they have attached to it. So hopefully we find out that soon. Um, but I definitely look forward to covering that one for the site. Well, you know, I think that just goes to show that while video game movies may not have the best reputation, it's obvious they are not going away anytime soon. No, people are going to keep going to that mine. I mean, every time there's a game that, that sells, I mean, Grand Theft Auto is the number one entertainment franchise period. Uh, movies, TVs, TV shows, whatever. As an entertainment property, Grand Theft Auto is, is the, the biggest and sold the most things made the most money of anything. So, um, you know, games aren't, like you said, games aren't going anywhere. They only are going to get more, uh, you know, they're going to look better. They're going to be more story driven. And as we run out of comic book movies to make the next kind of untapped well of, of IPs, because no one can actually make a original thought movie anymore is going to be video games. They're going to keep making them. Chad Cruz, any final thoughts on our video game movie discussion? Yes. Uh, a couple of quick thoughts. Uh, I can't believe they haven't made a pit fighter movie. It's, it's my favorite game of all time from Sega Genesis. Give me a C level direct to video pit fighter with graphic violence. And I will eat that up. Uh, maybe was a star Fox. That was always a fun game. 
I want to see one of those movies, maybe an animated film or a series. Do that now because you have 10,000 streaming sites. Uh, other than that, I'm not a huge video gamer, but I love a good video game movie. Just keep you bowl away from them, please. <laughs> uh, I would concur there. All right. Well, another interesting conversation here on the Bulletproof podcast and kind of got away from our uh, deep dive on a single movie and kind of covered a broad subject. You know what else covers a broad deal of subjects? It's bulletproofaction.com, Chad Cruz. We are covering all sorts of action-related shows and movies and old movies, new movies. We cover it all on bulletproofaction.com. Yeah, we don't mess around. It, it, it really has to do with uh, the level of action that's in your film. Is it a lot? Oh, we'll watch it. Is it little? Yeah, we'll probably watch it too. But what we do is we post every single day uh, martial arts films, gun battles, explosions, all that good shit. So it, it, if you're looking for a movie to watch, if you, if you haven't seen a movie that, that really tickles your fancy and you, you want to know what's out there, what's new, go to the site, do a search, or just start scrolling through the pages. You'll probably find something. Or if you just watched a movie for the first time and it came out in 1998 and you happen to go on a site to look at a review, do this, go to the search bar. You'll find a review of that film most likely. And uh, read some funny words from us and, and, you know, come back the next day. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, definitely we, we celebrate the genre of action uh, as best we can. And yeah, obviously have some fun with these movies. It's not, you know, not, these aren't the most important things that have ever existed on the planet earth. So what? have a little fun with them. Yeah, I know we have a little fun with them and uh, kind of share, you know, give the, the, our point of view about these films. Uh, Ryan Campbell, I know you've got some, uh, some stuff coming up on the site, uh, in March, you're going to be wrapping up WandaVision, but there's another, uh, series coming to Disney plus. That's right. Uh, a new trailer just came out, um, during the big game on Sunday. Uh, I don't want to get sued by the NFL, so we won't say Super Bowl. but, uh, um, just said it. No, no. All right. Well, can they at least wait till I have all this money from cashing in my GameStop stock? Then I can. They'll definitely that. wait for that. Yeah. All right. Cool deal. But yes, um, Winter Soldier and our Falcon and Winter Soldier um, on Disney Plus is pretty much going to be starting right as WandaVision ends, um, which WandaVision has been fantastic. Uh, if you've watched them and you're right along with us, um, check out my articles. It's more of a recap than like a review um, where we just kind of go down. I do this fun thing where I'll talk about whatever the leading fan theories are from that week because there are a ton of them every single week. Um, and then we make some observations and, and that, it's just kind of a fun way to do it. And that's probably what we'll carry through. I imagine that Winter Soldier and Falcon is going to be a much more straightforward Marvel MCU, like a movie, but split up into a bunch of tiny episodes thing. Whereas WandaVision has been a very unique experience, but definitely hang in there and uh, come check it out. Chad, we've got something special planned for the month of March here on the Bulletproof podcast, because it is going to be our March to WrestleMania. And I don't believe Vince McMahon will sue us for saying WrestleMania. So I will say it. Uh, So we will be covering wrestlers turned action heroes all Mm. month long, Chad. And there's no shortage of those. So if you think we've run out of the last several years, you're wrong. Uh, There's only more each year. So, uh, yeah, this is always an exciting time for us. Um, A lot of planning goes into it uh, on Brain's part. And then we just kind of do what he says. So if you like it, kudos to him. That's right. If you like it, if you like it, let us know. If you hate it, it's it's all his fault. Absolutely. Thank you very much. So yeah, stay tuned for that. Uh, and uh, I think we're about out of time for this episode. So 
for Chad Cruz and Ryan Campbell, I am Chris the Brain. Thank you for listening. And as always, stay tuned for more of the Bulletproof Podcast. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 